Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. This episode of Do Go On is brought to you by Matt Stewart, oh. Bone Dry. Oh, cool. So you got my email. Yuck. <laughs> you got yeah, my media all, request. All you have to do is email us and we'll advertise whatever you want. Don't do that. Show. That's so good because I'm coming to Sydney next week for the Sydney Comedy Festival and it'd be so good for our Sydney listeners to come along to the shows. Yeah. Where are they? They're at the Factory Theatre on the uh, 16th. 18th and 19th, that's Thursday, Saturday and Sunday at 9.30, 9.30 and 8.30 okay. on the Sunday. A little is... bit earlier on the Sunday, a real civilised time. Love that. This is all during May. During the month of May, yeah. So uh, next week, if you're listening to this episode as it comes out. But where can people get tickets? They can go to mattstuartcomedy.com slash gigs or if they go to the sydneycomedyfest.com.au. I say com weird, yeah. <laughs> Com. So, dot, dot com. Dot com, without the B. <laughs> silent B. Silent B, yeah. Uh, well, actually, just don't even write the silent B. Yeah. It is a silent B, but uh, we don't need it. It's also an invisible B. Yeah. yeah invisible B. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and if you use the discount code do go on, you get a sick discount. Anyway, shall we do go on? Yeah, that's uh, Matt Stewart, own dry. Another silent <laughs> B. No, that B is, is loud. That's a loud B. But own dry. Is that? No. Sounds like good advice. Bye. Hello and welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky and I'm sitting here with 
Let's introduce him first. Matt Stewart, <laughs> who put up a bit of a, a fight last week. And Jess Perkins, number two. Graceful in defeat, I always am. Was the next six months Dave's going to introduce me first, he <laughs> said. Apparently so. Oh, to God. get the bloody, the bloody thing back in kilter. Yeah, we've got to make up for the last, what, 26 episodes. Yeah. I'll do it. I'll do it for you. Thank you. He was pointing to the listeners at home. Yeah, because they're annoyed. People write in. They're like, Where's, when's Matt's turn? I've yeah. had some people say they turn off when I introduce Jess first. Yeah, and then, then turn back on moments later when they introduce me. <laughs> yeah. They go, oh, well, I guess uh, they're not introducing Jess this week because Matt was first. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, you know, we're talking about big stuff early. Um, it's so good to be here in the podcast studio. It's one of my favourite places. I love it. It's my um, safe space. And as mm. a soy boy, I like being in safe spaces. Mm. I like I... a place to be vulnerable. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I liked it too until my ice cream went missing from the freezer. What? Did you do with it? Who took? Who could have taken it? Matt? Who was here today? We need to find out who was at the yeah. studio today. Oh, who was here today? I'm not. I'm not sure because I've only been here uh, tonight. I'd like you to check the security cameras. We can do that, please. You like. I All assume right. you've got one in the kitchen as well. As <laughs> yeah, there's the freezer cam for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Every business has a freezer cam. Dave. I reckon if you don't have one, I think we should set one up and set a little trap. Okay, and then put rat poison in this ice cream okay. just in case the trap backfires. <laughs> you've taken it too far, there, Dave. What kind of ice cream? It was stolen. It was a connoisseur. Oh, good yeah. brand. Cookies and cream. Okay. I wonder yeah. if, uh, what Poirot would do. Ah, uh, he'd probably rest his little gray cells. Consult the little gray cells. See if you can find the wrapper. Oh, that's good. Let's see if it's in the bin. Are we thinking about doing a spin-off true crime podcast yeah. about this? Yeah, I think so. I'm into it. What do we call <laughs> it? Would they put in the con in connoisseur or something like that? Oh, oh, yes, Matthew. That's the opening line. Stop. <laughs> Yes. This podcast will put the con back in connoisseur. Wait, that <laughs> sounds like we're, we're ton men. <laughs> Let me take you back 24 hours. <laughs> I hate this voice you're doing. I I'm already, it. I'm off. I love it. This you know, New people Jersey say, mouse. People say I'm on doing? board. I'm yeah. off board. I'm overboard. You've got to ask yourself, what would you do? Oh, Someone yuck. took your ice cream. I hate this. <laughs> this sucks. Let me stop you right there. Unsubscribe. <laughs> you sound like Michael Jackson. Well. And he's cancelled. Yeah, I cancelled him. No, he, he's dead. Ah, I do get those two confused. His life, I, guess, I guess his life was cancelled. He has been cancelled as well. <laughs> yeah. Post life. Post life cancelled plus cancelled. In yeah. life, you're gonna you're gonna probably fire some people up because I saw someone do a tweet. Maybe Murphy McLaughlin do a tweet that didn't really have anything to do with. It was a wordplay joke where he <laughs> mentioned Michael Jackson, how we can't listen to him anymore, and he got a lot of replies saying, "Hey." There's no proof. Uh, those kids, uh, th- like that was anyway. Yeah. A lot of tweets sticking up for Michael Jackson. Okay. It was wild. Well, I mean, if anybody uh, gets so angry Anyone? that they feel the need to pull out their phones and tweet, um, I'm not going to read them. So okay, let's read some of those tweets now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't waste your time. Go read a book, or just go outside. Go for a walk. Talk to a friend. Listen to the other Jackson Four. You know? Yeah. They're not all cancelled. <laughs> Still got Tito. <laughs> we'll always have Tito. Six hours after this recording, ah! Jess Perkins' house was firebombed. Jesus Christ, Dave. Why? Why? Just trying to do a true crime I'm not listening character. to that true crime podcast because that guy sounds like a lunatic. I'd listen to that. Thank you. Um, and I'm, I can't wait to be involved in it when we start the spin-off podcast. Uh, but in the meantime, while we're doing this one... <laughs> yeah, while we're, before we spin-off, let's complete one podcast. Uh, it's called Do Go On. And the way it works is 
we uh, take it in turns to research a topic and we bring it back to the podcast studio and we tell the other two about it. <coughs> the other two don't even know what the topic is. No, no, bloody This week Dave's doing the topic. He's researched something. It was a free choice for him. Usually it's uh, helped select. It's been helped select. How do I get in, out of this sentence? <laughs> well, maybe, me... maybe start by looking at who's got the laptop in front of them. Okay, great. <laughs> Jess is doing this week's topic. <laughs> well, so at this point then Matt thought, I don't think Dave's doing the report. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Dave and I don't know what the report is about. <laughs> and Jess gets us on a topic with a question. This yes. week, Jess, have you written a question? I have written a question. I wrote it just before while you were waffling on about something else. <laughs> about your your, dra- your sele- hopes and dreams. Select. Se- select. Po- Patreon select. You know what I'm saying? Every th- yeah, two some- out of three weeks, the Patreon's... Vote on the topic. This yeah. week, you've just plucked one out of the hat. Not even. <gasps> you plucked one out of your butt? Oh, yeah, out of my this, butt. This is the first time you've done that since Riverdance. I... Will you be vulnerable and show yourself another side that yeah. I'll shit all over? C- quite possibly. <gasps> but Here we go. I've got the confidence now to beat the shit out of you. Oh, at the time, you just didn't even fight back. It was quite sad. <laughs> <laughs> People have, um, they still talk about it, making them feel upset. And yeah. that, that was obviously, I don't remember it really. I just remember that he tapped so much per second. So much. No, this is a topic that I've wanted to do for a really long time. Uh, and I could have sworn, I was like, surely it's been suggested. So I'll just go into the hat and I'll just get whose names it did. But nobody suggested wow. uh, this. And also, I'll, I'll, I'll talk more about it in a sec. But it's something that I am pretty excited about. So uh, I wanted to do it and I thought, hey, it's my time. I can choose what I want to do and I'm going to do it. So my question, gentlemen, is mm-hmm. which American music star shares a name with a now-defunct Australian teen magazine? Oh, Cleo. No. Dolly. Uh, Dolly. Dolly Parton. Yes! Dolly Parton. No one suggested Dolly Parton. No one has suggested Dolly Parton. Not wow. in the official hat. Mm, FHM magazine? <laughs> Surely FHM's still around. I don't know. Zoo? Zoo. Is it Zoo Weekly? It's Zoo Weekly. Is it Nuts? <laughs> is that nuts? With it Probably with a Z. Oh, Nuts. <laughs> That's yuck. Uh, Dolly Magazine uh, did its final edition. Wait, is in... Dolly Parton's real name Dolly Magazine? I'm going to kill you. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> Dolly Magazine finished in 2016. A oh. sad day for all of us. No, and if for no people overseas are not familiar, Dolly Doctor has to be addressed here. Yeah. So it would come in a... Oft, sometimes sealed section of the magazine. Yeah. And I think that's ma- not because of the content, just so you wouldn't just read it in the news stations probably. But uh, people would write into Dolly Doctor about uh, some questions, sometimes below the belt. Yeah, Nearly always below the belt. Knees, mm. foot care. Yeah. yeah. How about mm. these calloused up feet? What do I do? What shades do you recommend for my next pedicure? Mm. You know? mm, things like that. And because of that, it was a number one segment for decades. Right. Yeah, it was huge. So it was sex stuff. Yeah. yeah. Foot sex. Yeah, always foot sex. But Dolly was aimed at like early teens. So, it, the yeah, the questions that were asked were pretty funny and the answers were always very delicately put, but you're still kind of like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gross. Even as a kid you were like, oh, look, oh, funny. Someone's boning. Um, I was also aware that I've done a lot of music biographies. Yeah, I reckon... 
We've turned lately. It used to be a lot of killers and recent times have been a lot of entertainers. Yeah, and I it was kind of like, oh, I've done a few sort of biographies lately. Maybe I should try something like or look at something that's more of like a, a story. But I was just like, this is something I really wanted to do. And Dolly Parton's a real badass. Like, she's the best. I really don't know much about her. Well, you're going to learn. So I'm a bit excited because to, to me, I know how she is successful, yeah. but I don't really know why. Well, I think it's because of her work ethic. She would work nine to five uh, <laughs> most days, as yeah. far as I can understand. That's wow. from my understanding as well. That's impressive. Yeah. But she also had a great voice, I think, and still probably still does. Still does. And she, uh, yeah, she does have an amazing work ethic, and she's also just delightful. Like, you, you won't find gossip or, like, dirt on Dolly Parton. Did you try? Of course I tried. Good. I'm Did a journalist. Did you get journalist. our dirt unit onto her? Yeah, I got our dirt unit onto her and I was like, dig it up, boys. Get and they were like, to... there's nothing to dig. Damn. Bloody hell. She's an angel. Hmm. So I have, and she's also done a lot in, a, in a, a career that spanned many decades. So what I kind of talk about here is mostly, like, her early life and how she sort of got started. And then after that, she's just kind of like everything she does is just crushing it and winning awards. And then I just want to talk about a few other things that she's done in her Ooh, life that you might not know about. I love a content section. Yeah. We do, are we going through this like it's a Dolly magazine? Yes. <laughs> um, so this first section will be about pubic hair. Um, oh, a whole section. <laughs> there was always a lot of talk about pubic hair. Well, I haven't got my pubes yet. Yeah, give it time. Okay. Everyone gets it at different times, and that's okay. Oh, thank God. <laughs> All right. So, Dolly Rebecca Parton. Yes, her actual name is Dolly. Really? And Rebecca. 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 I think that was like a, a maternal grandmother or it's something. It's a backup name. Dolly Rebecca was born on January 19, 1946. She was the fourth child of 12. Do. They know what is causing it. So much. Twelve. Sexing. Right. Well, they need to read a Dolly Doctor what? about the protection section. Yeah. And the family lived in a really small one-room cabin. No. No. One room. So Open plan. Love it. Parents That and... room is huge. <laughs> they lived in a warehouse. <laughs> it was awesome. Whoa. <laughs> It was on the banks of Little Pigeon River in Pittman Centre, Tennessee, which is a really small community in the Great Smoky Mountains. Apparently the family was so poor that when Dolly was born, her father couldn't afford to pay the doctor in cash, so instead paid him with a bag of cornmeal. Right. Couldn't pay the doctor. And they kept having children. He's like, well, I've got some more corn. Yeah, that's their fourth child. (laughs) They had a lot more after that. Wow. Right. So that was literally Dolly's doctor. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's cool. Paid in corn. <laughs> Wild. Um, so her father, Robert Lee Parton Sr., worked as a sharecropper and later he tended to his own small farm after the family moved to that farm on nearby Locust Ridge. Fun fact, she bought back this property in the 80s. <laughs> so it still exists. Um, her father, Robert, was illiterate, but Dolly has always described her father as one of the smartest people she knew despite his lack of formal education. And Dolly's mother, Avi Lee Caroline, stayed at home and looked after the children. She was a mother to 12 kids by the time she was 35. That's wow. good efficiency. So that, that means her mum and dad, middle names are both Lee. I know, right? That wouldn't happen very often. No, and spelt the same too. Crazy. L-G-Z-Y-A. 
ex. Yeah. Which is, that's the real interesting Isn't thing. Isn't it? Yeah. I'm sure once they met and once they found that out, it's, I think like early days dating, you'd be like, not so sure about this guy. Yeah. Then you'd find out that he has the same middle name as you and spelt the same. You'd be like, this is fine. And a matching birthmark. Yeah. <laughs> and the same parents. Yeah. And Whoa. The, and the two and of you have never been in the same room. <laughs> never been in the same warehouse. <laughs> You're marrying yourself. Okay. Um. Avi's health, so this is Dolly's mum, her health was pretty poor but she kept a fairly happy home with the children, telling them stories and singing songs together. And the children's grandfather was a Pentecostal preacher, so Dolly and her siblings all attended church regularly and her earliest public performances were in church, beginning at the age of six she was always singing in church and at seven she started playing a homemade guitar and when she was eight her uncle bought her her first real guitar. So she's playing music from a very young age. And soon she began singing on local radio and television programs in the East Tennessee area. And at 13, she recorded her first single. It was called Puppy Love. And it was recorded with a small Louisiana label called Gold Band Records. My goodness, that's so long ago. Yeah. What, yeah, what was the year? Well, she was 13 and she was born in 46. So obviously. 59. <laughs> it was the summer of 59. She got her first real six string. Whoa. She yep. recorded in the 50s? <laughs> That's sick. Isn't that cool? Wow. Um, and she also appeared at the Grand Ole Opry, which is a live stage show that was broadcast on WSM Radio. It's the longest-running radio broadcast in US history. Um, and this is where she first met Johnny Cash, who encouraged her to follow her own instincts regarding her career. So she's a teenager, just meeting Johnny Cash. That's cool. I thought, yeah, I've heard of the Grand Ole Opry. Opry, Opry yeah. Um, so that means Johnny Cash and Dolly Parton in a shared universe, which is cool. Yeah, isn't that cool? I love when our reports combine. Yeah. That's real sick. So fun. Um, so the day after Dolly graduated high school in 1964, she moved to Nashville. Day after, she's like, I'm done, I'm out. Uh, and she worked as a songwriter working for Combine, combine Publishing um, with songwriting partner who also was her uncle, <laughs> Bill Owens. I think that must have been the uncle that gave her the guitar. Uh, so she's she's uh, working with her uncle, which is cool. She wrote chart-topping hits for other artists like Bill Phillips and Skeeter Davis. Skeeter. Skeeter's such a good name. Skeeter's a great name. Some like it, Skeet Ulrich. I think we bring back Skeeter. Yeah, let's bring it back. Is that like is that short for something or is that you're, Skeeter. Just, a, you're just a Skeeter? Somebody at work today, had a, their, her brother and his partner had their baby over the weekend, Maverick. That's... Sick. <laughs> Mav. Mav. First name Maverick. First name Maverick. Ooh. There's a, a Saint, well, Tiger player now. He was a Saints player until recently called <clears throat> Maverick Weller. Mav Weller. Mav Weller. Maverick Well, I like it. You like Mav? Yeah, I think Mav, it's good. Skeeters. Skeeter. Skeeter that's what I mean. Skeeters up there. It's Maverick, coming. Skeeter, Stewart. What do you think? Love it. Skeet, yes. Do you, do you know Skeet Ulrich? I feel like I talk about this guy a bit. Yeah, where was? Where did that fit There's a 90s heart job. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm guessing his skate is is short for skater. Hey skater, and you can only say it like that. I'm what sure. was he in? Skater. Uh, he was in the craft, and that's it. Uh, he was also in a. I think he was in a TV show about being a, a priest hunting down demons or something. <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer. No, uh, that was about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, not really demons, are they? No, no, they were demons. Oh, but good. Buffy wasn't a priest, played by Skate Ulrich. Interesting. <laughs> I might be wrong. <laughs> yeah, Jess, can you Google that? I'm, I'm, I'm looking know. up Skate Ulrich. He was what I would call a babe. I just want really, yeah, real stud. 
He had the oh. archetypal uh, 90s heartthrob goatee. He's in uh, he's in Riverdale now. Bet he is. He's the, he's like a he plays a, a kind of deadbeat dad in Riverdale now. It's so funny that 90s heartthrobs are now deadbeat dads. Yeah, he's not. A, you know, he's a bit of a deadbeat. But um, anyway, back to Dolly Parton, who's definitely not a deadbeat. No. What's the opposite of a deadbeat? Live beat. <laughs> I guess. She's a live rhythm. Mm. <laughs> I hate myself. Anyway, so she's writing all these songs and they're doing very well for the people that are singing them and putting them out there. Um, so in 1965, at the age of 19, she was signed to Monument Records. Um, they had a very different vision for Dolly, though, that uh, than what she saw for herself. She wanted to write and sing country music, but Monument decided that Dolly's unique voice with its strong vibrato was not suited to country. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Hope- hopefully she listened. <laughs> Originally, and I think you guys would agree, they pitched her as a bubblegum pop singer. Yeah. You know? Your unique voice will suit this bubblegum pop. Yeah. What's bubblegum again? It's sort of like... You make ba bam bounce, give it up. Uh, no, that's something else. It's <laughs> music. It's upbeat music that's uh, contrived and marketed to marketed to appeal to preteens and teenagers. Right. And it's like uh, the monkeys and even Jackson Five and stuff would be kind of bubblegum. Right. Oh, I was imagining um, Shirley Temple. <laughs> I've heard as, um, the Ramones described as bubblegum pop sped up. Okay. With leather jackets. I think that's kind of true. I can see that. Very catchy, short yeah. and catchy. Yeah. Just sort of simple chords and catchy, yeah. upbeat. It was like a little bit of innuendo too. Like if it was ever a bit, it was maybe a little bit cheeky, but oh, never right. like never full saucy, you know? Yeah. A little bit of cheek, saucy. not sauce. Yeah. Cheek with no sauce, thanks. Thank you. Hold the sauce. Hold the sauce. Hold the sauce. So Dolly went along with it uh, and she released a string of singles in the pop genre, but none were all that successful except for Happy Happy Birthday Baby. Oh, there's this. Lack of sauce. But even then, like, that was probably the, one, the most successful track and it didn't even crack the Billboard Hot 100. So it's like, ugh, do you even exist? I don't think so. <laughs> ugh, yuck. Um, but Monument had to change their tune after a song that Dolly wrote called Put It Off Until Tomorrow, recorded by Bill Phillips, made it to number six on the country chart in 1966. So they're like, all right, you've had some success. Maybe you are okay at country. country. So that, it's fine, but it's not her voice that got it to number six. No, but it's just her songwriting. I know. Mm. So I think maybe she was just kind of like, huh, huh? Yeah, like, all crack. right, fine. So they let us sing country. Can I just quickly say, while we're talking <clears throat> about charts really quickly, last week in the UK a charity bird song that was just bird noises, bird calls, cracked the UK top 20. Yeah, right. I've been thinking, is there any way we could somehow get the Do Go On theme song? <laughs> We get enough people to buy a digital copy. Can we crack the top twenty chart? Be that easier in be Australia sick. than in England, I guess. Maybe a remix of it. It'd be quite funny. It goes for like a minute and a half. Or Ev- Evan's done a bunch of remixes. Yeah, of I reckon if we had like a, a real party set or a banger. <laughs> How many copies do we have to sell to make the top twenty in Australia? There's a some. I mean, Pendulum did a a remix of the ABC News theme, yeah. and it goes off. So I don't see why we can't have a remix of ours that also goes off. I think that would be really funny. Yeah. All right. So if we've got any listeners who also happen to be DJs. Well, Evan's done it. He's got Yeah, he's we actually got do have the. So <laughs> if we have any listeners. <laughs> Evan, you listening? <laughs> I think he's, yeah, he's done a bunch of different versions of it already. You know Evan's always listening. Yeah. Evan's got these Not microphones. To the podcast, but. No, but he's got these mics linked up to his house. Yeah. <laughs> 
He's always listening. It's very hard to watch Netflix. He knows all the ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. He'd be the first person I ask because he probably took it. First if person he I says, asked was Evan. <laughs> if he says, oh, no idea, couldn't find out, it was definitely him. Yeah. Because he could find out. He could definitely find out. Yep. He, he knows make, everything. Make a few calls. He could hack into the fridge cam. Yeah. Hack onto the ARIA charts. Get us to number one. Make right. it happen, Evan. Make it your number one single. It's your podcast theme song. That would be funny. That would be sick. Do we have to explain who Evan is? People nah. know where Evan is. Evan, well, he's from Stupid Old Studios here, host of Gamey Gamey Game that we may have seen online and also part robot. And he made our, our theme song. And he's part robot. Yeah. He's he a 30 year old boy genius. Yeah. Yeah. He's a boy genius who never became a man genius. Yes. He's just become an all encompassing boy genius. He's, yeah. oh, like, and I don't mean that like he hasn't got any better. I mean, like, he's better than all the man geniuses. Yeah. Hmm. And he's, he's also won genius. an award from Fox Kids one time. So. <laughs> yeah. Two yeah. awards. Two awards. <laughs> so. Pretty cool. Yeah. Now we're all across whoever is. We should yeah. get a photo with his awards before we leave tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we will forget that. Aren't they? Yeah, right. so. And if anyone knows how we can get on the charts, email us and let us know. <laughs> yeah, any chart whisperers. Yeah. So Dolly, she's now let she's now allowed to sing country music. Her first country single was called Dumb Blonde. Oh. <laughs> Reached number 24 on the country chart the following year, uh, followed by Something Fishy, which Ooh. went to number 17. Now we're getting saucy. <laughs> and the two songs appeared on her first full-length album called Hello, I'm Dolly. Oh, nice to meet you. That is lovely. <laughs> so good. Funnily enough, considering she was originally a songwriter, her first single to chart, Dumb Blonde, was actually written by Curly Putman, but it was one of uh, very few songs during this era that she recorded that she didn't write herself, but it was the first one that sort of got some attention. Anyway, that also. would have been a bit of a blow to your confidence, right? Yeah. Well, no, the, like, the, the rest, I mean, you know, resilience. Good thing to learn. Mm. I'm pretty sure Elvis never wrote any of his number ones. So yeah, that's right. But I, I mean, it would have been a hit to her comf- her writing confidence. But I guess she's also written hits for others. Exactly. Yeah, well, including Skeeter something. Yeah, Skeeter Davis. Skeeter. Oh. <laughs> also in 1966, at 20 years old, she married Carl Dean. They'd met when Dolly first moved to Nashville. <laughs> Carl Dean. <laughs> Carl Dean. Carl Dean. When Carl and Dolly got engaged, Carl's mother was excited to plan a big wedding because her her only daughter had eloped. But the um this mother-in-law's dream did not come true because as this is a quote from Dolly, she says, Everyone at my label had invested money in me and in building my career. So they asked me if I'd wait a year to get married. And I didn't want I didn't want to not do what I was supposed to do. Carl's mother was just heartbroken. So they had a really oh. small Ceremony, but the, so his mother wanted a big wedding. She wanted a big wedding, and right. they like just they kind of eloped, like they just went sort of far away from where they were living, so that the press weren't uh, hassling them. And it was just like Dolly's mum and the pastor and his wife, and that was it. It was like a really small wedding. She was just in like so they didn't even invite Carl Dean's mother. No, <laughs> oh that <laughs> like, is brutal. I, all right, okay, I think we're getting to the root. Yeah, of why now she we know why she was heartbroken. That uh, sucks. So Dolly, yeah, Dolly's trying to please everyone. Um, Except Carl Dean's mum. Yeah. But she just wants to get married. She's like, I don't want to wait. I don't want to put it off. I just want to get it done and like, let's just do it. Should have done a year later, done a big ceremony then. Big flashy, but, you know. And after they were married, they took in five of Dolly's younger siblings to look after them. So she kind of like helped raise some of her younger siblings because like there were so many of them. Um, they never had children of their own. 
Um, Carl is notoriously private and has very rarely accompanied Dolly to any events. Even before she reached like the mega stardom that she's at, it became very clear that her husband had no interest in the entertainment industry. Apparently after joining her on the red carpet for an industry event in 1966, so not long after they were married. 1966, that's the year the son <laughs> won a premiership in the VFL. The only one. No coincidence. Yeah. There are no coincidences. Um, after that, in the car on the drive home, Carl said, Dolly... I want you to have everything you want and I'm happy for you, but don't you ever ask me to go to another one of those damn things ever again. <laughs> oh, oh, that's nice, I think. Yeah. So he's still with her. I've never heard of him. 50-odd years I've been married. Bloody hell. And he's never at any uh, any events because he just hates Sounds it. Sounds like a stubborn mofo. Yeah, but she just kind of gets on with her own life. So their their sort of independence is they say is one of the secrets to their long-lasting union. Right. And Dolly says, you can't be in each other's face all the time. Actually, I think that that's been the best formula for us, the fact that we appreciate each other when we're together. We don't have to be together all the time. So she, he's a bit of a homebody. She likes travelling, so she's like, all right, catch her, and off she goes and does whatever she wants to do, and then she just comes back. I think it's kind of sick. That does sound great. They've, well, they've and it's it. worked. It's worked for them. Everyone's hey, different. I was going to say, she says, like, that's the secret, but it's like that's the secret for them. There are people like my old boss and his wife work together. They both run the company together, mm. the air conditioning company, and they would they just spend all day together. Then they they drove home in different cars but called each other on the phone to they talk on the drive. You are kidding. And me. then spend the nights together, you know, hanging out at home. And that and they're like, you know, they've been together for ages. Yeah. So it, it's it's a it's, a it's each to their own, horses. isn't it? Because that seems like too much for me. And Dolly. <laughs> Dolly, Dolly's like next level from me. Is like I couldn't handle that either. That wouldn't work. But damn, but it's I mean, worked for them. She thinks her husband's name is Jolene. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't even know who he is. Carlene, Carlene, Carlene. Like, Don't you Carlene. ever write a song about me again? Yeah, that's what really set it off. So uh, this is 1966. Uh, she's married. She's doing some some of her own stuff. And in 1967, musician and country music entertainer. Porter Wagner. Mm. Matt, Often, I think Porter. That's a good name. Porter. Porter's a great name. Yeah, you would name a kid Porter. Porter. It sounds than, wealthy, doesn't it? It's yeah, better what, than Maverick. But what does Porter mean? Doesn't that mean someone who gets mm. your keys or something? Carry, bag carrier. Bag carrier. And that's what you'll make your children do. <laughs> Absolutely. They'll be carrying my bags even when I don't need them. <laughs> Back up the stairs. Decided I don't need that one. <laughs> Not what, going out after all. It's a cool. It is a cool. I like that as a name, Porter. I guess that's where it comes from, right? They normally come from jobs or whatever. Yeah, true. Well, that's surnames, I guess. Or someone who drinks a lot of port. Yeah, mm. Porter Wagner. So he offered Dolly a regular spot on his weekly television program, The Porter Wagner Show, and in his road show. It was like stage shows. Um, Dolly would be replacing uh, Norma Jean, who was a... Uh, Good, bad Norma Jean. <laughs> not that Norma Jean. A different Norma Jean. Different Norma Jean. She was a country singer and... Uh, and she was loved. Like everybody, the audience absolutely adored her. But she was leaving, like she was just moving on. Uh, it was her sort of choice. Um, but the audience like took a long time to warm to Dolly. Apparently they'd even chant Norma when oh, Dolly came on stage. Brutal. She'd be like, sorry, you've got the wrong name. I'm Dolly. <laughs> Dolly. 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 It's a better name than Norma. Norma. That's not kid ourselves. Norma and Porter, they're my two kids. <laughs> Norma Jean, Norma. I don't mind, but yeah, maybe it's just because it's. I think it's the Norma Jean. Norma. Norma. That's not good. Short for normal. 
Normal Jane. You're gonna call Norma Warnicky. That's a, that's a mess. Norma Warnicky. Porter, Porter Warnicky. Oh. Porter and Normal Warnicky. Yeah. Is Norma Warnicky. Yeah. Normal. Norma Warnicky. Norma <laughs> Warnicky. Everyone. Norma Warnicky. <laughs> but anyway, in time, the audience uh, came to accept Dolly, and they loved her. And then for the next seven years, 45 million people tuned in each week to watch her perform. Oh, seven years and four. 45? Every week. That's more than Australia's population now. Every week. Every week. Yeah, it was a big show. That's wild. Yeah. That's like double Australia's po- population in the early 90s. Just to put it into perspective for everyone out there. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're in Iceland thinking, what does that mean for me? What a wild way to think of it. But you're just uh, putting it against your own experiences and that's. I've experienced the 90s in, in Australia. You have experienced the 90s in Australia, Would that yes. be right, Dave? You know populations. Yeah, that's like. Australia was a low 20, 20 millions in the 90s. What is it now? It's in the, it's pushing 30, right? I thought it was 25. Okay, great. <laughs> I'll stop a talking. It's <laughs> more than that. Um, eventually as well, Wagner convinced his label, which was RCA Victor, to sign her. And they agreed, but they decided to play it safe with the first song for her. And they released it as a duet with Porter Wagner. And this was the beginning of an amazing partnership between Dolly Parton and Porter Wagner, with the duo then releasing six a six-year streak of virtually uninterrupted top ten singles. Like everything they did together just did incredibly well. So wow. she, how many that's interesting because I really I was trying to think of the songs I know. I reckon I know do I know more than three or four of her songs? Possibly. Jo- Jolene working on a five, Islands in the Stream. You'd probably be surprised with some of the others that you do know. Right. Uh and may I recommend Baby I'm Burning. You can. It's the greatest thing ever. Baby I'm Burning, that's your favourite. It sounds a bit like an, a headline for a Dolly Doctor. <laughs> Baby, I'm burning. I'm burning. <laughs> Please you help. should see a GP <laughs> yeah. and get an ointment. Um, so, and this is the country chart that they're just top tenning all the time. So. Yeah, that's right. So yep. they sma- wow, for six years. Six years, they're just like they're releasing music and they're like just smashing it out of the park. So it says virtually uninterrupted top ten singles. So there'd probably be a few that maybe weren't quite top ten, but they're just. Everything they're putting out, people are just loving. And she was releasing solo music as well, but none of her solo efforts were as successful as the tracks she was releasing with Porter. Um, And they were even named the Vocal Group of the Year in 1968 by the Country Music Association. Um, But, again, her solo solo records were continually sort of getting ignored. Not ignored, but just like not the kind of acclaim. Right. That's interesting. You'd think that there'd be some flow on. Yeah, but not, not a heap. And so by 1970, both Dolly and Porter Wagner had grown frustrated by her lack of solo chart success. He wanted her to do well too. Porter was annoyed. Yeah, Porter's right. like, come on, she's great. Why oh, isn't she getting nice. more? That's what you want, supportive yeah. collaborators. And he ended up persuading Dolly to record uh, a version of Jimmy Rogers' Mule Skinner Blues, which is a classic country song that was first recorded in 1930. So it was seen as a bit of a slam dunk, like it was an easy grab for some attention because the song was well known and she's got a great voice. you just do a cover of that and people will be all around it. And it worked. Um, it made it to number three, followed very closely the following year by her first number one single, Joshua. Joshua's great. Joshua. Joshua, Joshua. It's really great. I don't know if I know it. Oh, look, what I did is I downloaded an Apple Music playlist of Dolly Parton Essentials. 
Okay. And that's where the love affair began. Right, okay. I've um, just looked up the population of Australia. Dave, you're right. <laughs> Uh, in the early nineties, it wasn't even twenty. It was in the. It was like in nineteen ninety. It was about seventeen. Million. Oh my goodness! Everyone has to readjust their scale now to understand. Yeah. The forty-five so million. So it's more accurate. So it was forty-five million, right? So more accurately, it's about double what it was in twenty ten. The year the Saints <laughs> drew with Collingwood in the grand final. Okay. Okay. Is that is that help anyone? About ten years ago. Is was, that helping anyone? Yeah. Is that helping anyone? Is that helping anyone? You're both just Googling things. No, I'm not. You were. Well, that you, well, you said time. Googling things. Well, just to put it into perspective, it is the uh, population now of Uganda. Okay. That all watching. Put... Imagine all Uganda watching. But what does that mean for Iceland? 45 million. Well, okay. <laughs> What's the population of Iceland? Slow down on this list, I'll tell you what. Oh, all right, mate. Okay, no need for judgment. Don't, like that. You don't need to read out your list of my favourite countries. Yeah. Iceland is yeah. the best country I've ever visited in my life. Well, now you're doing a lot of sucking up. Yeah. I think it's too late, mate. You are unbelievable. Is it all over? Iceland's turned off. Yeah. They're like, yuck, this guy sucks. I would consider moving there. 338,000. What? So what is it, how, how does that compare to the 45 million who watch? Well, it's about 135 times. 135? 338,000. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, it's about 135 times your pop- population Iceland. All watching one program. That's wild. That's insane. Um, okay, so she's finally, uh, she's had her first number one single with Joshua, which is a great song. Joshua. Sorry, it's all Jolene to me. Yeah. And it's mainstream chart? Uh, no, I think that's still country. Right. Because uh, she moves to other stuff later. I'll explain. For the next two years, she had numerous solo hits, including her signature song, Coat of Many Colours, which was number four in 1971. That's her signature song. One of them, which was a song that she wrote about her impoverished upbringing. Um, same, and it, the, in the song, she's telling the story of her mum making her a colour of, just with, uh, making her a coat, sorry, with uh, like scraps of material. Um and same with My Tennessee Mountain Home, which is another song she wrote about her upbringing, which was released in 73. My Tennessee Mountain Home. My, My Tennessee, Tennessee Mountain Home. home. My, My Tennessee, Tennessee Mountain Home is waiting, waiting for me. me. We do know her songs then. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, we do. Yes, yeah. We do. I've never heard of that in my life. <laughs> Look, well, I got to tell you, after hearing that rendition, <laughs> that is a, that's a beautiful song. Thank, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Wow, I didn't Thanks realize so it was a duet. Yeah, what well, is Porter? Now. Oh, stop it! <laughs> How do we break it to him? We don't. We yeah, don't. let him go. Uh, her biggest hit at this time, and arguably still now, was Jolene. Never heard of it. <laughs> It was released in late 1973, and according to Dolly, the song was inspired by a red-headed bank clerk who flirted with her husband, Carl, at his local bank branch around the time they were newly married. Oh, Jolene and Carl Dean. That is perfect. Jolene, Carl Dean. <laughs> Jolene, Carl Dean. Imagine Dolly Parton being left for, by any, for anyone. Yeah. Jolene, come on. Yeah. She's dreaming. But we've all got our insecurities. You we know? do, yeah. Dolly talks about this this woman and she was like tall and had long legs and Dolly's kind of short and she's like, oh. 
Mm. It wasn't a, a real like full on jealousy or anything. It was a bit of a, a joke between them. I hope she but it was kind a, of inspired by that. I hope she cashed her royalty checks for that song <laughs> at that bank. There you go, Jolene. <laughs> I didn't do anything. I just said <laughs> try nice taking day. my man now. Yeah. Really? I I could if you want me to. <laughs> no. Oh God, no! Please, Jolene. Let me just get these long legs out. No. Clippity clop, clippity clop. <laughs> oh, I've stepped right over the bank teller. Is that is the- Jolene a horse? <laughs> a clippity clop. Clippity clop. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> you didn't know. There's a horse in this bank. My my horse body had been <laughs> hidden behind the bank teller. <laughs> you know, Caldine loves horses. <laughs> Caldine. Let's ride into the sunset, Caldine. <laughs> Caldine. I'm Jolene. <laughs> Jolene under <laughs> right into the sunset. Don't come looking for me. Dolly Pardon. <laughs> Don't. Don't come looking for me. I kick. You get up too close to my hind legs. <laughs> I'll kick. I'll kick. <laughs> um, so her, this is some of her solo stuff that's doing a lot better and she was kind of like, look, I've always seen myself, I've always wanted to be a solo uh, artist, so she made the decision to leave uh, the TV show and 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 sort of that uh, collaboration with Porter Wagner. They performed their last duet concert in April 1974, and she stopped appearing on his TV show middle of that year. But it certainly wasn't a messy split. It wasn't. It was very amicable. In fact, her 1974 song "I Will Always Love You." Oh, that's another one I know. Yeah. Whitney made famous. Correct. It was written about her professional break from Wagner. Right. It wasn't about like a relationship. It was just about uh, like I'll always be really grateful for that's cool. what you've done. And well, it went all... to number one on the country It actually chart. wasn't written about Kevin Costner It had nothing bodyguard. to do with Bodyguard. No. no. That is disgraceful. Have you watched that film? No. Oh, my God. Oh, Amazing. my God. Amazing. Okay. Okay. They did a stage production of it. With Paulini. Paulini. Really? It was Paulini. Was it Paulini? Yeah, it was Paulini. Yeah. From Australian An Australian, Idol. An ex-Australian Idol finalist. Yeah. So one of my friends uh, who sometimes listens, hello, Ray, love you lots. For his birthday, uh, a whole group of us went and saw The Bodyguard. And I was like, I am not that interested. Therefore, this is going to be amazing. Wow. And I sat next to my friend Anna and it was very bad and we laughed a lot. Oh. It was great. Paulini's voice, incredible. Absolutely nailed it. But the actual production was, like, so lame in really? parts. It was amazing. I loved it. Did you know the the source material? The source material? So oh, I know you said film. no source before. The but film. Yeah, the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in the film. Right. So it was, it was lame in comparison to that, which I assume is a kind of lame film. Yeah, it's pretty lame. Extremely. Extremely lame. But it was in that hot streak for Costner, right? Mm. Everything he touched turned to cinema I- gold. So Dolly wrote that song. And around this same time, Elvis Presley, who you mentioned, Dave, he expressed some interest in recording the song. <laughs> what was looking like, who? <laughs> <laughs> was that? So you're mistaken, another, mistaken me for someone else then. <laughs> another previous topic. Yeah. So he expressed some interest in recording the song. He was like, I'll do it. <laughs> oh, I'll do it. Uh, but his manager told Dolly that it was a standard procedure for the songwriter to sign over half of the publishing rights to any song recorded by Elvis Presley. And Dolly said no. Hang on, so what's the standard deal, sorry? So her, the, um, Elvis's manager, who apparently was a little bit skeevy. The colonel. Yeah. 
he said, look, like if Elvis is going to do your song, you have to sign over half the publishing rights to Elvis. Oh. So royalties and everything would go to him. A bit of a dodgy deal. And she said no. Dodgy deal, but also like maybe it was helping it be a sure thing of a hit. Maybe. I guess he's in a strong bargaining position. Well, normally, but this is Dolly Parton. She's already a big star. No, but she wasn't that big then. Like she was. Forty-five million people were watching her every week. I don't know. She's getting big, but yeah. like it would have been quite a get, right, for Elvis to sing a song. So I think it was probably considered really ballsy at the time to say no, considering the status that Elvis had. But people say now they reckon that that decision actually made her millions of dollars down the track, right? Because Whitney Houston made it such a huge hit, and Dolly got all the royalties. Yeah. Um, and I, I read an interview with her um, about like what she uh, about that decision, and she said, "I said I'm really sorry, and I cried all night. I mean, it was like the worst thing. It's like, oh my god, Elvis Presley, and other people were saying you're nuts. It's Elvis Presley. Yeah, wow. Oh, and I said, I can't, I can't do that. Something in my heart says don't do that, and I just didn't. Um, and he would have, she said, he would have killed it. But anyway. Uh, he didn't, and then Whitney Houston's version came out, and I made enough money to buy Graceland. <laughs> <laughs> and she did. And she did. And then um, she pissed on it. <laughs> <laughs> she took Jolene, the bank teller there, <laughs> put her in the stable and made her watch her piss on Elvis's <laughs> house. I'm going to take a shit in the jungle room. <laughs> um, Whitney Houston won the Grammy in 94 for Best Female Pop Vocal Performance for that song. And who better to present the award to Whitney than Dolly Parton herself? It was really sweet. That's nice. Dolly says something like, uh, you know, heartbreak's hard to go through, but it's always soothed by a lot of money. <laughs> did, um, She's very funny. Did she have much success with the song herself? Um, yes, and it is good. Like, yeah, I've I, heard it. I think it's good. It's great. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you can – Whitney Houston's just took it up a notch. And it was differently – it was arranged a bit differently too, so it sort of – yeah. Um, but, yeah, she had some success with it herself, but not – it really got a resurgence in the 90s. Right. So back to, like, the 70s. So throughout the 70s, Dolly had consistent charted hits and even had her own television variety show called Dolly! Mm. Exclamation point. Um, she'd wanted to expand her audience base um, – and Dolly did pretty well in ratings, but it only lasted one season. And this was one of the reasons was because Dolly asked to be released from her contract with the show because the the stress it was putting on her vocal cords. Right, only seventeen million people watched. Yeah, watch. and it was just like, oh, what's the point? <laughs> what's the point? This is Australia in the mid eighties. If Australia gets a rating, any show in Australia gets ratings over a million. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's seen like as wild articles now. are written about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. It does, just doesn't happen anymore. It did. It happened semi-regularly 10 years ago. Perhaps that's wrong then. That does seem too high. But America is a much bigger population. And also at the time, there's probably two channels. Yeah, right. Oh, uh, that's pre-cable also true, yeah. Um, so, yeah, she, also wanting to... Is this to, pre-internet? It is pre-internet, yeah, yes. so there's no Not YouTube. Not by and, much. Okay. But it is pre-internet. Yeah, nobody's streaming it. Yeah. Um, uh, also wanting to expand her audience, Dolly moved into a more into pop music with her first entirely self-produced effort called New Harvest First Gathering. It was in 1977. Um, It was well received, but it didn't really make much of an impression on pop charts. And after New Harvest's disappointing chart performance, she turned to the high-profile pop producer Gary Klein for her next album. And the result 
was 1977's Here You Come Again. That's a good song. Here you come again. Fuck, she's cool. It would take a Gary to get her to the top of the charts. <laughs> <laughs> um, it became her first million seller, topping the country's album chart and reaching number 20 on the pop chart. So Gary is Klein. This, is this the song or the album? The album. Wow, that's a big deal. Um and in 1978, she won the Grammy for Best Female Country Vocal Performance for that album. And she continued to have hits with Heartbreaker in 1978. Heartbreaker, but- Lovemaker, John Hey, ha, ho. Yeah, that that's the one. Wow, that's a really good dolly. Yeah, it sounds yeah, just you. like her. I think I, I, I don't know what that song is at all, but I'm pretty sure um, Larry David is um, the boss of the Yankees. Saying something like that in an episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> Heartbreaker. <laughs> Love maker. I'm, I'm assuming it's that. Yeah. Must be. <laughs> I hope so. That'd be great if it is. Um, she also had Baby I'm Burning in 1979, my fave. Oh, wow. And You're the One in 79 as well, all of which char- uh, charted in the, to- in the pop top 40 and topped the country chart as well. So now she's like across both genres of music. She's got one leg either side of Jolene, so to speak. <laughs> Riding, Riding that horse to success. All the way to the bank yeah. where Jolene works. <laughs> hey, you, you heading into work? I can yeah. give you a ride. <laughs> I've got more checks to cash. <laughs> so I'll just keep making all this money, Jolene. But uh, like our uh, Dolly also thinks of it as giving her a ride, even though <laughs> Jolene's doing all the work. I'll give you a ride. Yeah. Obviously, you clippity-clop it, but I'll, a clippity-clop. I'll hold the reins. And then go, you weren't going to work anyway, but. All right, Jim. What's that? Your day off? Yeah, but I need to go to the bank. Come on. And I need you to witness it because I'm better than you. Yeah, just sign there how much money that's worth. Yeah. Just, just uh, put your hoof down three times for yes. I can talk. <laughs> no, no. I prefer the hoof system. Somebody clop your little hoof there, Jolene. <laughs> He's my man. <laughs> if you don't mind. Just gets right up in her horse. Mama! <laughs> she gets really guttural. She's honestly, she's so sweet and her face is just always smiling. She's really lovely. So the idea of her just being like, Mama! is very funny. Um, in 1980, she made the move to Hollywood. Oh. She portrayed a secretary in a leading role with Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin in the comedy film Nine to Five. Came out in 1980. Uh, she received nominations for a Golden Globe for Best Actress in a Motion Picture, Musical or Comedy and a Golden Globe Award for New Star of the Year. And, of course, she wrote and recorded the film's title song, Nine to Five. 21 years after her first release, she's hitting... Uh, getting new star awards. And yeah, yeah. It's pretty amazing how, like, she's still seen as a new star even though she's had this slow build. Yeah. Well, I I'm guess guessing new star that's for screen. actress. Yeah yeah, 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 So she hadn't done a lot of that before. But it's also it's hard for people who've already got a decades of a reputation in one industry yeah. to come across and not be seen as a bit of a joke. Justin Timberlake. Yeah, Hugh Jackman. <laughs> <laughs> what would... Okay. Pretty sure he used to chop wood before. Or was that Logan? You know, I assume I assume he's appropriate here. Yeah, I'm I'm guessing. He so. jumped like he was off TV, musicals. Paul Hogan, maybe? Paul Hogan. He was Hogan. known as painting the bridge. Painting the bridge. Yeah. And people then... are like, he'll never do anything in entertainment. <laughs> he's painted that bridge too well. What are the odds he can also be funny on screen with a dolphin? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a seal. I thought it was a seal. No, you're thinking of Andre. Yeah, Andre the Giant. 
Seal. <laughs> oh, God. So it was a normal size seal. <laughs> Um, the film Nine to Five became a major box office success, grossing over three point nine million dollars in its opening weekend and over one hundred and three million worldwide. And Parton was named top female box office star by Motion by the Motion Picture Herald in both nineteen eighty one and nineteen eighty two due to the film's success. So she's just crushing it. And also, she's tumbling out of bed and <laughs> to the kitchen, pour myself a cup of ambition and yawn and stretch and try to come to life. So that song also about Jolene working nine to five at the no. bank. Suck shit. You got a normal job. You idiot. I've got Carl Dean here, huh? I can take the day off because I'm worth millions. Yeah, no, yeah Jolene, more like normal Jean at your job <laughs> over there at the yeah. bank. More like... No Dean. <laughs> yeah. Because you don't have him. You ain't getting no Dean. Because I've got Carl Dean. Yeah. No Dean. No Dean. No Dean. No Dean. I like this dolly. She's a nutbag. <laughs> <laughs> She's crazy. She's tripping her way through. through life I'm sorry success. I served your husband once at the bank. <laughs> yeah. You really got to move on. I'm sorry I was it. polite to a customer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You will be sorry. <laughs> I bought this bank, and not just this branch, the entire bank. I'm your boss, yeah. and you're not fine. <laughs> yeah, you're working here forever. I'm, I'm giving you a little raise just to show you that I'm not the worst, but you're fucking gone, <laughs> hey? You don't know what to make of me, do you? Yeah, big old horse. We should talk about that too. How are you a horsewoman? I've never seen it before. Who let this through? What's going on? <laughs> I need to speak to Jenny in HR. <laughs> Jenny! Right, I'll be back. <laughs> oh, Jenny's not at her desk. Hang on a sec. I'll see if I can get her on her mobile. <laughs> this is the first time I've seen Jenny away from her desk. She's a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? What a bank. Yeah, it's a pretty wild bank. I'd, I'd bank there. Would you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Noah's bank. <laughs> Noah's bank. So after the success of 9 to 5, uh, she uh, went and made a different movie. Her second film was the musical film The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Oh, I was confusing those two. I thought 9 to 5 was about the whorehouse. No, that's The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Oh, I see. Yeah. Does she work there 9 to 5? <laughs> yeah, very standard hours. Whorehouse, is that a common term? Not anymore, no. Do you see that in many movie titles anymore? No. This was in 82. It was a different time. Whorehouse. Whorehouse. Sounds like a Spanish name. Whorehouse Lorenzo. <laughs> Lorenzo Whorehouse. Lorenzo Whorehouse. Mm. That was my father's name. <laughs> Please. Please call me Senor <laughs> Whorehouse. Well, I'm, I'm confused. Does that mean... Okay. Just Mister, <laughs> right. what's your first name, <laughs> Senor Whorehouse? Anyway, then she teamed up with Sylvester Stallone in Rhinestone in '84. It was a comedy film about a country music star's effort to mould an unknown into a music sensation, and the film was a critical and financial failure. Right. So she's it's Dolly Sylvester was Stallone. Sylvester or the other yeah. way. I think there's training montages of Dolly <laughs> punching carpets. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like firing our bow and arrows and she's looking at him like, no, play no, the piano. Yeah, just play, piano. Just piano. sing into the microphone. What are you doing? Yeah, he's like, I've got to kill this microphone. Adrian. Um, so no, the- my name is Dolly. <laughs> Adrian. Adrian. So the film made. I mean, that's an accurate yeah. impression. Yeah, no, I was just, I mean, 
so she really was trying to help out so much that she even named her character Dolly to make it simple, and he still couldn't get it. <laughs> Could not get it right. <laughs> Calling her Adrian the whole time. She's like, yeah, all right, no, that fine. was a different. That was a different. Film. Oh, I forget it. So, I'm Adrian. Silly Stallone. That's what they call him. Silly Stallone. Silly Stallone. <laughs> the um the film made just over twenty one million Ugh, on a twenty eight twenty-eight million dollar budget. <laughs> oh, put it in the bin. Put it in the bin. But so I mean she's killing it and everything else. So despite this flop, she continues to write, record, release chart topping music and hasn't really stopped since. Uh there's uh, too much to talk about Dolly, but I want that's why I wanted to talk about like her early years. Um and now I just wanna I'm just gonna mention some other things that she's done and then I have some fun facts. Is that okay? Uh, yes. Uh, not to cut it off there, but, like, honestly, everything beyond that point, if you're looking at a timeline of Dolly's life, it's just, like, she put out this album, it won a bunch of awards. She put out this album, it won a bunch of awards. Like, she's just, she's insane. She's, like, how old would she be now, Dave? <laughs> she's born in 46? She's 73 years old. Yeah, and she's no plan of slowing down or stopping working ever. She just keeps doing it. In 2004, she played at Glastonbury and that was not like her target demographic and she fucking killed it. When you hear Jolene played at a festival, it always goes off. Yeah. People, I think it's that as a, for whatever reason as a song that spans generations love that song. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, if they're not listening to Islands in the Stream, what are they doing? Yeah, that, that also gets a. I think a lot of people would know, know most words between- of that. Can we be wrong? Yep. Sail away with me to, to another, another world, and, and we rely on each other. From one love to another, that's Matt and my karaoke go-to. I said, well, yesterday we recorded a book chat episode with you, Jess, uh, as one of the guests, and you surprisingly oh, what, what, what? told. What? Sorry, what? Matt, you were replaced by Andy Matthews, and it was fantastic. And um. You told us us that you're not a karaoke fan, despite the fact that you love singing. I love singing alone. I do sing along on on this podcast. Yeah, it just blew my mind. I've never spoken to you about karaoke before. It it did surprise me a lot. worst nightmare is singing in front of people. I will not do it. And yet I get, a, I get a front row seat every week. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry. But I'm not doing it seriously, like singing quite earnestly. Not like karaoke, of... not like a serious karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not like, you know, when people do their best at karaoke. Hell yeah. It's, uh, no. So when I was uh, touring around Ireland years ago. With a folk Ireland band? In not with a folk band, oh. just with a, it was a first night too. So you just met all these people and they're from all over the world and, and and we went to a pub and there's a guy with a guitar and he's like, everybody has to get up and sing a song. And I was like, I will kill myself. Oh. That's, I did that's not want to do it. Big I, card to play. I, I dragged up on night one. I dragged up three other girls with me and I kind of said, yeah, let's do this song. And then I I barely sang. I sort of mouthed it. A guy with a guitar sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, he was a real pain in the ass. <laughs> Lock the doors. No means no. None of you are leaving until you sing a song. Sing for us. That felt, yeah, that just feels like a team building exercise at a bad corporation or but something. But like, we've just met. I don't want to sing in front of any of you. I don't know. I imagine you. that's what he was trying to do, like an icebreaker thing, right? Probably, but look. Sounds like David Brent. Was it David Brent? It was David Brent <laughs> with a guitar. Um, David Brent loves a guitar. So if you have laugh, a f- oh, laugh, oh, oh, laugh, laugh, oh, laugh. Anyway, uh, a couple more things about Dolly. Uh, she is a co-owner of the Dollywood Company, which operates the theme park Dollywood. 
That is amazing. And what? Tell me about it. What? What the hell is that? It's got. There's like a. There's a resort and spa. You can stay in cabins. There's. There's a, a theme park and a water park, and you can go and like. Are they all dolly themed? No, not necessarily. Because it used to be. Uh, it was called Silver Dollar City, and then it became Dollywood uh, later I mean, on. I, I mean, there's a great title the... there, Silver Dolly City. Right. Yeah. But what? What's Dollywood? Because Hollywood's like a. That's a different thing. It's just Dollywood. It's okay. great. Oh, yeah. No, you've and it's in, me the It's light, in yeah. Pigeon Forge, so it's in the area that she grew up in. Right. Um, and Dollywood is the 24th most popular theme park in the United States with 3 million visitors per year. So 24th most popular. How many do you have? Mm. We oh, have like four. On the way, what, if you're talking like on the Gold Coast. Yeah, what do we have? Well, there's five on the Gold Coast. And then there's a Luna Park in Sydney and a Luna Park here. Yeah, there's. A... We don't have Wobby's World anymore. Oh, damn. Well, don't tell me Wobby. Wobby's Sorry. World. That was years ago. Come by a park where the oh, city right. meets the country. Still, That's one of them gone. is still gone. No. Come by a park where the fun just never Oh, maybe ends. come by a just park. Just looking so. at a good time, fun time. We don't have 24. Come by a park, you'll have a ball. We don't have 24 theme parks. Come by a park. Oh, my God. It's fun for all. There's a Geelong Water Park. Oh, true. There is. Uh, Adventure Park. We're still Adventure. under like 10. Uh, what about, what about, uh... I'm not counting zoos. Okay, I was <laughs> about zoos. to say Australia Zoo. Okay. Anyway, but that is crazy. And I want to go to Dollywood. We should put it on the list. Where I is sent, it? In I Nashville? Sent, no, it's in, uh, in Tennessee, Pigeon Forge. I'd love to go to Tennessee. I want to go there. Whiskey's from there. I think I want to go there for my 30th. Some whiskey. Really, Tennessee you want to go to Dollywood for your 30th? Dollywood. It's actually not that far away, your 30th. Sorry to say. Thank you, Dave. Um... Yeah, maybe around American tour time? No, Ooh. no, that would. Hopefully, we can get there before then. Yeah, I hope so. I really need you to get there in your twenties, Jess. Okay. That's when I got there. So I went when I was eight in the nineteen twenties. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> All right. <laughs> You're old. Um, to be honest, it would be sad to go to Dollywood in your thirties. Oh no! <laughs> you guys are kidding me. <laughs> I need you to go in your twenties because in your thirties is sad. It's a little, yeah, it's a bit sad. I want to go to Dollywood. I don't really know that much about it. It's amazing that a country singer could have like, a theme park. Could we yeah. share a cabin? No. Oh, I'll share one. Oh, I looked at one cabin, and next to the bed was a, a heart-shaped tub, hot tub, oh, and, I was and like, a cup of ambition sure. in the room. In the room, next to the bed. That's amazing. And then out on the like balcony, another hot tub. I was oh, like, you never, tub. you never need to be not tubbing. Wow, it sounds like the twenty fourth sexiest place in America. <laughs> yeah, wow. it's pretty sexy. You'd just be going from in. Where were we? Inside or outside tub today? Oh, let's start inside and see how we go. Yeah, we'll have pre drinks on the inside. Actually, tub. Actually, no. Start outside when it gets a bit chilly. Head inside. That's a better way to do it. Yeah. So yeah, that's insane, and I need to look into that in more detail because it sounds amazing. Um, there's also a replica there of the house she grew up in. Wow. Like what, the one room. What a fun exhibit. <laughs> oh, the one room. The warehouse. Let us hope the one room the cabin. <laughs> is, is there any mention? Obviously, she's fabulously wealthy. Any mention of the 11 siblings and what it did any of them have anything to do with her? Could she given them jobs or anything? A couple of them, uh, there wasn't heaps of mention about them or I didn't really deep dive into it too much. Uh, but a couple of them were also like musicians. A couple of them had mm. record deals. I, I know, well, according to Wikipedia, I think two of them have passed away. Um, but there's, that so, means there's 10 of them left. Do they know what was causing it? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> 
Uh, it can literally be any number of things at any time, and that's what's terrifying <laughs> oh about life. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That's why I never leave this room. <laughs> Dave lives here. Which potentially could also kill me. Your one-bedroom oh, apartment. It. Another fun thing is that Dolly co-owned uh, Sand Dollar Productions with Sandy Gallen, her former manager. It was a film and television production company, and it produced uh, several shows. Like it, it produced a documentary called Common Threads, Stories from the Quilt, which won the Academy Award for Best Documentary. <laughs> Stories from the Quilt. That sounds like a Troy McClure film. Yeah. <laughs> you might remember me from such films as Stories from the Quilt. <laughs> It also produced, though, the television series Babes and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, my God, the Whoa. demon show mentioned earlier. Yeah. Starring Skeeter Davis. and fucking sucks. Skeeter Ulrich. Skeet- Skeet- Skeet Ulrich. And, Skeet Ulrich. And, and, so, so she produced Buffy. Well, yeah. Her, that is amazing. Her production company did. And the feature films Father of the Bride, Father of the Bride Part 2. Oh, fantastic films. They, they actually are. Straight Talk, in which Dolly Parton starred, and Sabrina in 1995, among other shows. So she had to, just for a while, I don't know if she still does it. I don't think she is still a co-owner or maybe Sandola Productions doesn't exist anymore. But for a while there, her production company was doing a lot. Oh, maybe it was Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the film. No, right. no, no, it was the series. Oh, the series? Yeah, from 97 to 2003. Oh, that's, wow. even, that's the cool one. Yeah. That's the cool one, yeah. Sorry, Joss Whedon. <laughs> yeah, well, he did that too. Yeah, yeah. No, didn't he? He didn't really, he lost creative control Yeah, the yeah, movie. That, that's right. You should be apologising to Luke Perry, the star. I sorry, Luke. Perry. So sorry, Luke Perry, and Skeet Ulrich by association. Yeah. Um, Parton is known for having undergone considerable plastic surgery. On a 2003 episode of the Oprah Winfrey Show, Oprah asked what kind of cosmetic surgery Dolly had had, and she replied that cosmetic surgery was imperative in keeping with her famous image. She said, "She said, she joked, it takes a lot of money to look this cheap." <laughs> <laughs> Great line. I love Dolly, and she's all big hair and rhinestones and a lot of makeup, and she is very like self-aware, and she's like, "This is just the look I like. Deal with it." And, and Carl, what does Carl Dean look like? Have you have you seen? Well, there's only really photos of him quite young because he doesn't come. Do out we think now. Carl Dean exists? Oh, wow! No one's seen him in fifty years. Uh, Jolene really did. Get the man. away. Caldine left her for Jolene. She They're probably galloping on a tropical beach somewhere right now. <gasps> but she just didn't want to tell everyone about it. Oh, no. Yeah. So she's like, no, he just he keeps himself. Yeah, he uh, I do my thing. He does his thing. <laughs> Jolene. <laughs> and um, I'm fine. <laughs> his thing is Jolene. My hobbies include Jolene. Um, <laughs> she's my hobby horse. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Um, since the mid-'80s, uh, Dolly supported many charitable efforts, particularly in the area of literacy, primarily through her Dollywood Foundation, and her literacy program is called Dolly Parton's Imagination Library, and it mails one book per month to each enrolled child from the time of their birth until they enter kindergarten. Currently, over 1,600 local communities provide the Imagination Library to almost 850,000 children. Whoa, that's a lot of books. Across the US, Canada, the UK, here in Australia and the Republic of Ireland. In 2018, she was honoured by the Library of Congress on account of the charity sending out its 100 millionth book. Wow. So just free books sent to kids. That's sick. Um, And in an interview I saw, Dolly says that she believes regardless of your formal education or opportunities to go to school or go to college, if you can read, you can self-educate. This so sounds she, like this comes back to her dad, maybe. Yeah, I think so. And that's where that's where I heard her talk about her dad um, 
as someone who was incredibly smart but illiterate and there were lots of people in her family, uh, not just necessarily her immediate family but also just extended family who didn't have the opportunity to go to school, definitely didn't get to go to college or anything um, and and didn't learn to read. And so just having that skill meant that she could, you know, learn other things and progress through life much easier. Yeah. Pretty cool. So 100 million books though sent to kids Do all over the world. <laughs> <laughs> Make the books stop. One comes every month. I don't get it. Um, so this is just like I've just got a few examples here of some of the awards and honours and stuff like that. Uh, in 2009 she gave the commencement speech at the graduation ceremony for the University of Tennessee uh, and during the ceremony she received an honorary Doctor of Humane Letters from the university. It was only the second honorary degree given by the university and it uh, in presenting the degree the university's chancellor, Jimmy Cheek, great name. <laughs> Jimmy Cheek. Wow. Said because of her career not just as a musician and entertainer but for her role as a cultural ambassador, philanthropist and lifelong advocate for education, it's fitting that she'd be honoured with an honorary degree from the flagship education institution of her home state. So she's got an honorary degree. She is the most honoured female country performer of all time. The Record Industry Association of America has certified 25 of her singles or album releases as either gold record, platinum record or multi-platinum record. She has had 26 songs reach number one on the Billboard Country Charts, which is a record for a female artist. She has 42 career top 10 country albums, which again is a record for any artist, and 110 career charted singles over the past 40 years. It's incredible. 110? 110. What? Career charted singles. Yep. Over the past 40 years. There'd be a lot of people who had never recorded. I haven't even recorded 110 singles. Really? No. What are you doing? And she's charted with 110. What do you do all day? You said you were recording. Yeah, I know. I've been meaning to. See, this is why you'll never be Dolly. You know, when I was saying I haven't charted, but it's... You know, I'll just accept the public's decision. Mm. It's not true. If I release something, it would chart. Well, then release it. Get well, it out I, there. I'm telling you, we're going to try and get our theme song to chart. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I don't <laughs> think that's going to. All right. <laughs> I'm going to look into it. Um, Dolly has earned <laughs> nine Grammy awards. All right. Our song probably won't get that. And yeah. a total. Probably won't get nine. <laughs> Maybe nominations. Yeah. yeah. Well, she's had a total of 46 nominations. What? That is incredible. And the most nominations of any female artist in the history of the prestigious award, a record that she shares with Beyonce. Because <laughs> wow. they've had the most nominations. Yeah. They've both had 46 Grammy nominations. They're like Beyonce may overtake. Well, Beyonce. Oh, yeah. Pro- well, probably. Um, she's one of only six female artists. Uh, to win the Country Music Association's highest honour, which was Entertainer of the Year. She won it in 1978. Also on that list, Shania Twain and Taylor Swift. <laughs> so, and Reba McIntyre. Oh, Reba. Who had that show? Reba. I had no idea that she was a superstar overseas when that show was on. Mm. Reba I just McIntyre. thought that was just a terrible TV show. Yeah, it was pretty bad. I think yeah. she's really big. Well, I, th- I imagine just in America probably. Yeah, yeah, but I just had no idea that over there she is like a Dolly Parton style. In she's wild, big. Like the, selling the out stadiums. show even made its way over here. I know. I guess it got packaged up with other things. Yeah, it was one. Of the, it was like on in the afternoon, wasn't there it? There was something about her though. You could tell she had star quality. <laughs> she had that country charm. She I, did, yeah. I ain't denying it. 
She uh, Dolly has also been nominated for two Academy Awards and a Tony. She was awarded a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame for her music in 1984. And in 2005, she was honoured with the National Medal of Arts, the highest honour given by the US government for excellence in arts. She did have a like a, a very full cabinet yeah. of awards. You know, that's what they call them, right? Cabinet, cabinet. awards. Award Everyone's cabinet. got a cabinet of awards. Oh, yeah. I've got so, a Evans Fox Kids Award. <laughs> I've got a cabinet for it. And just to, to kind of round it out, because what she likes to do when she's home with Carl, who definitely exists, <laughs> she likes to just kind of chill out. And uh, for their 50th wedding anniversary, Dolly talked Carl into having a big blowout ceremony in Nashville, something she'd said he only agreed to because they planned to sell photo rights to raise money for charity. Oh, oh. Carl Dean. Does she not have spare money to... Re- no, nah, she's just like, well, let's have a party and celebrate being 50 years. And right. he was like, oh, I don't want it. And she's like, we'll, we'll sell the rights and make some sell was the money. Was his, his mum around? Probably not. She wore a dress by C- Steve Sum- Summers, her longtime costume designer, and the couple spent their second honeymoon honeymoon, honeymoon. honeymoon in their camper van <laughs> by, the lake, uh, by a lake in Georgia because oh, she just likes they get they, they have an RV and they've been known to like – on date night, go through the drive-thru at, like, Taco Bell. <laughs> Dolly Parton stays in an RV. No, she owns an RV. <laughs> she doesn't rent it. Doesn't have other people's farts in it. I love it by a lake, though. I'm picturing a real beautiful spot. Definitely, and I'm imagining, like, top-of-the-line RV. Oh, okay. It's going to be pretty luxe. Still. But I just like that that just gives me the feeling that she's, like, quite grounded, you know? She's just kind of, man, she's just so delightful. And that is my report basically on the early life and then some fun facts at the end of Dolly Parton. Did we get a ruling off of whether or not those facts were fun? Um, I've deemed them all average. Okay. <laughs> all right. I think they were interesting. Did I think you, you're like, wow, she's done a lot. Did you happen to Google her net worth? Oh, shit. Because I we did... play a game at work called Celebrity Net Worth where someone thinks of a celebrity and you Google their name, then the word net worth, and the first article that comes up, that's the answer that you have to go with. Right. So they're wildly inaccurate. Yeah. I did. I, but Dolly Parton was one of the ones that I severely underestimated. 500 million. 500, half a billion US dollars. And she's, she's massive. Goes on holiday in an RV. What's what she likes to do. She's just a, she's just a country girl. And that's, Share the money round, Dolly. She's just like spending time with her. Share it hubby. round. Give me some. Yeah. Yeah, Dolly, Hell, give us some money. Are we getting royalties? Give us an RV, this? Dolly. Dolly. We'd love RV would be good for us. We that'd could take it on the road. Oh, that'd be sick. Where oh. would we take it on the road? Uh, Brisbane. We drive Perth. to Brisbane. Yeah. In an RV. If we had an RV, hell yeah. We'd do an East Coast tour. Sydney. Okay. Canberra, well, you guys Canberra, have fun Sydney. in the RV and I'll fly. Because Thanks. Huh. I don't want to spend any more time with you than I have to. Okay. Oh. Well, you're the anti-Dolly Parton. Matt yeah. and I are grounded country superstars. Yeah, it was really hard, actually hard to hear that from you. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, that was a fascinating report. Uh, love all that stuff because I didn't know anything about it. And to be honest, I'm, the happiest I am at, from that report is just to hear that she is just a nice person. Yeah, she just seems really lovely. Because my main exposure to her, apart from the a couple of really famous songs, is uh, her being... On Hannah Montana. Yes, because she's Miley Cyrus's godmother. Yeah. Oh. I Okay, so I uh, tried to buy a T-shirt with Dolly Parton's face on it off Etsy and I made the purchase in February and I immediately realised that the address was my old work address. So I messaged them and I was like, 
made a mistake. This is my actual address. So they said, no worries. A month went by, no T-shirt. And I said, mm-hmm. hey, I haven't got this. And she was like, oh, it's weird. Uh, and I said, just to confirm, you sent it to this address, right? She's like, yeah. And I what sent- address did she send it to? She said, I said, you sent it to, and I sent my home address. And she was Which like, is- yep, I'm not, I'm not saying my home address. <laughs> and then it still didn't arrive. A month later, again, nothing. And I said, sorry, just confirming once more, this is the address you've sent it to. She's like, yeah. Anyway, so I still haven't received it and I messaged her yesterday and said, I haven't got this T-shirt. She was like, this is the weirdest thing. I can't believe it's been lost so many times. Here's the address I sent it to and she sent it to my old work address. <laughs> I've confirmed with her three times. So she sent it three times to the wrong address. She sent it. She sent two T-shirts to my old work. How Even is- though I told her the address three times. So then I said, okay, well, thanks for getting back to me. I think I've figured it out. You've sent it to the wrong address. Here's my address. And she goes, oh. That'd be it. All right, cool. Well, I'll send off a new one tomorrow. Are you paying for them every time? No, she's giving me a refund, but that's also gone to a credit card that no longer exists. So <laughs> I'm I'm fucked, and I'm, that t-shirt is never never arriving. So she gave you a refund, and she's in sending theory, me sent out three t-shirts. She's sending so she, she's sending the third one tomorrow. So no one's won in this situation. No, and I'm definitely not getting that t-shirt, but I want it because it's sick. All right. Is there any question why Dolly Parton's worth half a billion dollars? Uh, I reckon that's her on the other end of yeah, that email. Her or Carl Dean. Just going, oh, whoops. Playing funny buggers. Yeah, I reckon they're playing funny buggers. Anyway, so that's just a little tidbit about my love for Dolly Parton. Oh, no, I, I am very impressed by that. Do you, do you like her by the by that report? Yeah, she seems fun. I reckon just listen to her music. She's a bloody delight. Amazing voice. Yeah, I reckon that. I'm I've ready, got Baby I'm, I'm Burning give, ready to go on my laptop for as soon as we're finished. I'm ready to give her a go, I reckon. Now, Matt. Give her a bloody go, mate. You've got something to do, don't you? Yes, it is now time for everyone's favourite segment of the show. It's called the fact f- f- quote or question segment. I'm going to say fact fuck or questions. Oh, boy. <laughs> fact quote or <laughs> questions segment. We'll have to up the pledge a little bit if we're going to give them that option. Uh, and this week, I, uh, I've i just done a – I cannot find his surname, but his name, as I've got it written down, is Larry – and he's given himself uh, the title of Chairman of the Department of Religion and Bible Study and Sexual Organ Size and Ejaculation Volume Calibration. Wow, what a double portfolio. And uh, his quote <laughs> is from the Bible and probably making his title more relevant, uh, I assume. Let's see. Inspirational quote from the Bible. Uh, it's from Ezekiel... 2320 specifically. She lusts, She lusted after their male consorts whose sexual organs were like those of donkeys and whose ejaculation was like that of horses. I can't believe how relevant this is to the episode we just did. <laughs> <laughs> Jolene. Lusting after horses. <laughs> That's from the Bible? That can't actually be from the Bible, is it? Caldine, is that how he defended himself? Well, actually, Dolly. It's um, in the Bible. Ezekiel. Up, Ezekiel uh, 2320, I believe it is. Mm. Yes. Mm. Bet you feel like a bit of a fool. Yeah. <laughs> Doing God's work, Jolie, I tell you. Jolly, Jolly, So uh, that's from Larry. Thanks, Larry. Um, and what else do we do at the end of the show, David? We should say thank you so much for your support, Larry. Yeah, uh, thank you so much for enlightening us and bringing us to what is probably... My new favourite quote from the Bible. If you get, if you want to get into the fact quote or question segment of the show, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash do go on pod. 
and that is on the Sydney Scheinberg uh, Rest in Peace Memorial level of Patreon or above, and you get to give us a fact, a quote, or a question. And the next thing we do, <laughs> Jess, which I interrupted there, I just didn't, I didn't feel like we'd given Larry enough, and now I think he's got his just desserts. Mm, <gasps> just he's desserts. the one who ate the connoisseur. Oh, that would make sense. At this point, I thought. <laughs> I'm going to read the entire Bible. Uh, See if there's any clues in there. I hate you. Brought me to Ezekiel 20, 21. Something about ejaculating donkeys stuck out of my mind. I headed to the source. Jerusalem. Plain noise. Landing. You went to Jerusalem? Yeah, for the for the true crime podcast. Okay, so what we do at the end of every episode <laughs> is we like to take some time to thank our Patreon supporters who uh, support the show. And that's what we're going to do now. Absolutely. These are the people who make the show possible. And we appreciate it so much. And normally we do a little game, don't we, Bob? Yeah. Um, let's name their first album. Okay. And Dolly's reference... was, hello, I'm Dolly. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Should I kick her off? Yeah, go on. Uh... <laughs> Should we? Or do you want to do something else? <laughs> no, I, just, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know where this is going to go. But I, <laughs> I have feel like it's going to fit a format. <laughs> <laughs> hello, I'm... Dolly, every, all of them. <laughs> we got to go better than that. What's your favourite first al- debut album, Dave? Oh. The Sound of White, Missy Higgins. Well, there, I don't a, know. It was just the first album I thought of. Oh, one of my. That was her debut? Yeah, it was good. The Sound of White. Good yeah. album. Uh, probably what I think is the best debut album of all time is the Arctic Monkeys, Whatever People Say I Am. That's what, That's I'm, what I'm not. That is a very good album. That's a great debut album. That is. Mm. Yes, I don't have an answer to that, but maybe it's great trucking songs of the Renaissance by <laughs> Tism. Probably. So, I mean, that gives us some some scope there for different formats. Yeah. I'd love to thank from London in Greater London in Great Britain. Jeez, they, they think they're pretty good over there. <laughs> what a great say, what a London's. I'd love to thank Alastair McGregor. Ooh, I like that name. Alastair McGregor's debut album was often they're self-titled as well. Oh, that's wordy. Self-titled or often they're self-titled as well. Oh, that's pretty fun. Alastair McGregor, often they're self-titled as well. No, this isn't what I mean for the name of the album. No, stop, stop writing. No, please. Oh, you're putting it straight onto the album cover. No, oh, no, you filled up all the space. Oh, well. Alistair, you've done it again. (laughs) God, he's good. That was fun. I like those. There's a few iconic album covers that do have a lot of just text on it. Like there's a Howling Wolf album that says something like, this is an album by Howling Wolf. The album is called or something like that. I think the Black Keys did a kind of an homage to that with one of their albums as well. And I think that they often look pretty cool. Hmm. Uh, Dave, do you have any ideas for Alistair McGregor's album? Um. McGregor with the best of them. <laughs> you are the master of pun. Thank you so much. I don't get it. You don't need to get it. <laughs> but what does it mean? What's what is it to McGregor? McGregor with the best of. I mean, if I have to explain it, uh, in brackets, if I have to explain it, don't come knocking. Oh wow, it's complex. McGregor with the best of them. If I have to explain it, don't come knocking. That's really good. Yeah, good one. I think that, and if if it, and that's just text. I think that would look good. Okay. Um, well, Alistair, good luck with your album. 
I think that's really good. I'd also like to thank... Oh, I've just found this is the Howling Wolf album. I was so far off it. Uh, on the cover it says, this is Howling Wolf's new album. He doesn't like it. He didn't like his electric guitar at first either. That's the album cover. Pretty cool. Um, Can you not be Googling things on my computer? Because I'm scared you'll find all my porn. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Howling Wolf porn. Jessperkins.com slash porn. <laughs> oh, no. I've done it again. Uh, I'd also love to thank, also from Great Britain, this time from Cornwall, uh, from Truro, in fact, uh, home of the Cornish pasties, Cornwall, I'm pretty mm. sure, mm. and other Cornish things like Cornish people. Yep. Cornish Rose. Yep. The uh, list goes on. Uh, I'd love to thank Nicolene. 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 <laughs> I'm begging of you, please. So. Um, Horsing around. It's a 90s. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> You've done it again. Nicolene, horsing around. And it's a. The album covers him, but the saddle's flipped down to the underside of the horse. And he's still got a big smile on his face. He's still riding it, but mm. he's on the underneath of the horse. But he's still, like, smiling with his hand out like he's on top of the horse when he's really underneath the horse. And the horse is pissing on him. That piss part could be in or out. Take it all <laughs> Nick. We can edit that in post. Is that not a deal breaker? That's I, not a deal breaker. I think, yeah, most of the, well, this will sort of be a Photoshop deal, but that is, mm. I think that could be great, horsing around. I think that could be big. That's a lot of fun. I think that could be big for you, Nick. That, that is a lot of fun. Congrats, Nick, on Thank your you. country and Western album. Nick Lee. Nick Lee. Bergen on you, please get back on top of that. May horse. I thank some people also? Please do. I would like to thank from what's WA in the US? Washington. Washington I State. I thought so, and you know what? I didn't back myself. Is it? Well, it might not be. Oh, probably could is. be Wisconsin. Is there a name, Wisconsin? <laughs> I, I think it's Washington. It. Let's not even double check it. Let's just wait for the tweets to tell us where we're <laughs> I would like to thank Richard Compo. Oh, oh. Compo. That's what we used to yell out when someone had a fall at work. Compo. Yeah. <laughs> a bit of a joke. Falling off ladders. So yeah. you get, oh, that's a good title. Falling yeah. off ladders. I love it. Yeah. Compo, of course, meaning uh, in Australia, sure, for compensation. And then the, uh, it was a little joke. No one ever did anything. We were, we we're making fun of the uh, litigious uh, culture of America, really. Um, we weren't. We were 15. <laughs> we didn't know what we were talking about, to be honest. Compo. But the uh, and the album cover for this is, well, who was that famous artist who did the pictures that were those impossible rooms that had stairs going? Escher. Escher. So it's an Escher-type picture where he's got ladders going up on every side of the room. This is the second time this week that Escher's come up in conversation for me. Am I hanging out with arty farty wankers? I don't know if Escher is a. I think that's pretty. <laughs> it's pretty highbrow stuff. <laughs> and if it was on my uh, grandparents who lived in the country's wall, I got to tell you, they were pretty high art loving so, people. The answer to my question is yes. Then. So he's upside down on the ladder somehow. <laughs> Fall, and it's called Fallen Off Ladders. Is yeah, that right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a great, that's a, that album cover is going to be iconic. Richard Compo, Falling Off Ladders. Uh, so thank you to Richard. And I'd also like to thank from our nation's capital, the Australian Capital Territory, Canberra. Oh, <laughs> bit of a circus up there. Bloody plot, clowns up there. Well, they're in overdrive at the moment. Yeah, I, I guess hardly any of them are in Canberra, but they... Um, geez, yeah, I'd l- I reckon Canberra's cool. I like Canberra. I'll tell you who's in Canberra. Matt Duncan. Dunk. Love to have a beer, beer with, with Duncan. Duncan. I'd I love to have, have a beer, beer with Duncan. Dun- oh, you must get that all the time, Matt Duncan. Sorry, Matt. Sorry, Matt. Matthew and son. 
Looks never, never done. done. There's, There's always something, something new. Always something new. Oh, yeah, that's good. That sounds good. Matt Duncan, always album. something new. And on the cover, he's walking down a beach with a jacket over his shoulder. Yes. Walking away from the camera. Oh, yes. great. Maybe with the newspaper hanging oh, out yeah. his hand, right? Yeah. And on the newspaper, there's um, a picture of him and the headline says, hit debut record. It's a real cocky wow. debut. Hell yeah. <laughs> real cockiness here. I love it. From yeah. Matty D. Matt, hey, it works. Yeah. So thank you, Matt. Thanks, Matty D. All right, I'm going to bring us home now with a shout-out to a place that I was at on the weekend down at the beach here in Victoria in Point Lonsdale. I would like to thank. Weird brag. <laughs> Weird we flex, get it. Man. You've been to a beach. Hey, it's Fuck, a great place. Unbelievable. Yeah. I was in my house this weekend. Yeah, stop shoving it down our throats. Yeah, I don't need oh, your sorry, social if... life or lack thereof. Well, it really wasn't. My, my parents throat. have retired down that that way. So, it's... anyway, uh, I'd like to. You thank... were hanging out with your parents for the weekend. Yeah, and it was a great. You time. You fucking nerd! Oh, having family time. Oh, <laughs> you loser! Well, if Jim Carrey was here, <laughs> he would call you a real dickhead. <laughs> Classic carry. Well, I would like to thank, from Point Lonsdale in Victoria, Fred Rhodes. Fred, oh, Fred Rhodes. Rhodes. War machine. Whoa. Because Rhodes in uh, Marvel Universe is war machine. Uh, oh. Played by the guy who puts on an English accent in the uh, heist movies with oh, yeah! the, the guy who advertises <gasps> coffee. George Clooney. George Clooney. Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Don Eleven. Cheadle. Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle. Great. We Thank got you. there. He does. Not a good one either. Yeah, real. Like it's almost comically bad on it's purpose. A, yeah, maybe. All right, geezer. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm All right. Eat a, oh, we're going to ha- host this bank, aren't we? All I'm right. Don Cheadle, aren't I? <laughs> aren't I? He doesn't even get it right. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, it's like Don Cheadle. Aren't I Don Cheadle? Sorry. What? <laughs> No, you're not. You're playing a character. I reckon Fred Rhodes' War Machine album is like heavy metal. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. But in the middle is just a scar track. One. And it goes a little something oh, like this. You're scatting again. You are scarring all over the place. I'm you, scarring, you yes. scat your pants. No, it's... The, yeah, okay, the singular is scat, but that's the plural the first, is scar. That's not the first oh, time. That is, that is not it. Yes. Matt, I think I know music. I work in radio, oh, mate. That's true. You love music. I love music. You're on Triple J. We love music. Next one to drop this week from. That's how we talk, all of us. From scat. Scat. Next scat to drop out my pants. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever played a scat song live? Yeah. Or even done some scat live on air? Of course. No further questions. Um, <laughs> I would finally like to thank, and thanks again to our war machine, Fred Rhodes. I would like to thank from Leeds, a place we've been. Yeah. In West Yorkshire. I would like to thank Dylan Vollens. Vollens. Dylan Vollens. Uh, something about volley? I was thinking. Uh, Half volley. Voluntary manslaughter. Oh. Oh, wow. What is that? What, okay. Oh. What's the album art? Uh, him in a Coffin. Okay. Oh, yeah. Being lowered into the grave. Cool. Voluntary manslaughter. What does that mean again? <laughs> I think it's always in, involuntary manslaughter. Right. And that's why, that's on... why it's funny. Okay. <laughs> that's why it works. 
<laughs> if I have to explain this to you. I that's mean, why it's funny. You want a title that's funny the first time you hear it, but it's less funny each time you hear it after Yeah, that. and Dave's the master of that. Yes, thank you to <laughs> Voluntary Manslaughter, an album by Dylan Volans. And it, oh, it's in the coffin is a vole. Yes. Which is an animal, right? Wow. In England. Yeah. And he's in England. He's in England. It this makes sense. It just works. Perfect. It just works. Nailed it. The only reason I know Voles is because of a uh, comedian with long hair from England, Geordie comedian, long black hair, goes on long side tracks, Ross Noble. I was going to say. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. He you, says Voles. I've heard, heard him talk about Voles a bit. I've no, was, I other, otherwise, I've never heard of it as an animal. That was really worth bringing up. Have you heard of voles? Yeah. Really? Have you heard of voles? I've heard of voles. But I've also heard of Ross Noble, so that could be my exposure okay, as well. Right. <laughs> Me too, maybe. Um, but we'll never know. I wish we could. I wish we I could I wish know. we could get to the bottom Where of this. We maybe first... we could do another real crime podcast. About when we first learned about voles. I asked myself, <laughs> what is a vole? Can you just wrap up, please? Okay, well, we've got to say thanks to everyone that supports us on Patreon and we look forward to joining these chart toppers that we just mentioned when we release our own single. And hopefully we top the ARIA charts coming up soon. Drop a single, I genuinely ready think, to mingle. I think that would be quite funny. Well, it let's is, get on it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Thank you. Let's give it a Wayne go. Wayne Gretzky slash Michael Jordan, whoever Someone said that. Someone pulled me up on that recently. I said something like that and they're like, no, you haven't taken them. You haven't missed them. You just haven't taken oh, them. Fuck you off. Have to you, take know, you, know, you know exactly what the, what they're trying <laughs> what to say. What the Gretz means. So just shut up, you fucking Nancy No Snow. Oh, no. Fuck off. Is Nancy No okay, Snow fine, if you want, Okay, how I about. I love it. A real Nancy No Let's, Snow over here. If we change it to you get zero points for 100% of the shots you don't take. Oh, that's boring. That's catchy. That that's sucks. Catchy Put now. it on a poster. It sucks. I'd buy that calendar. <laughs> Thank you. Let's make that the cover of the CD. And the, that's January and then February it says um, uh, get fall down four times and get up three in brackets because every time you get up you don't have to get, get Otherwise it mathematically doesn't work out. <laughs> you know, there's people that are like, uh, why would you get up four times? When you've only fallen down four times. Um, wait. Just why? Why wouldn't? Wait, why wouldn't? You? Oh, no, it's the other way around. You know when people are like, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> you fall, fall down four times, get up five, but you only need to get up four. All oh, right, Shut that's up, what they're nerd. saying. Go again. <laughs> yeah, and and then you just basically want to slam dunk their face. Slam dunk the funk, which is what I put call it up. Their face. Five. Slam dunk the funk. My favorite debut album. Five. Is that is that slam dunk the funk? Is a five thing. Yeah, Slam Dunk the Funk put it up, got that feeling. <laughs> that and is catchy. Just to remind everyone, they spelled five where the F was replaced with the number five. Yeah. Five, five. It was sick. Five, five will make you feel. The only thing I can ever remember about that band is one, there was a member called Abs who had sweet abs, and yep. the other one is possibly also Abs. At the time, he had uh, gelled hair, was really popular. Gel and wax in your hair, like heaps remember of it. Remember it well. And he had. <laughs> Twisted up little spikes, but then the I remember he shaved his head and everyone was pissed off because they were like, "But that's your look." And he had to say, uh, "The hot lights was melting was melting my hair every night when we were performing, so that's why I had to shave my head." Jesus, that is grim. <laughs> they had to call a press conference. I know. <laughs> I bet his abs were out at the press conference. Yeah, get them out. Get them abs out. Get anyway, them that's my uh, that's my report on five. 
That was great. Great bonus report there at the end of the episode. Jess has clocked off. <laughs> yeah, Jess, what are you doing over there? I'm waiting for you to wrap up so I can play Dolly Parton. Oh, I'm looking forward to this. Everyone else, get your phones ready and do it at home yourself. Uh, but if you want to get in contact with us, just head up, head over to dogoonpod.com. Links for everything. We're talking Patreon. We're talking merchandise, which we don't often talk about. But you can have our designs printed on T-shirts, bookcases, book covers, I should have said. Pillowcases is what I was going for. Book you can have them cases. on clocks. You probably can't have it on a bookcase. But it's nearly anything else you can imagine in your bedroom. You can yeah, but you out. could get something and put that thing on your bookcase. Yes, thank you. We work well together. <laughs> when uh, I'm, when and I'm paying link, attention. Links to our YouTube channel. All of that is in the description of the show. Uh, but if you want to get to the YouTube, there's live, recent live episodes are up there now and will continue to go up into the near future at uh, youtube.com slash do go on pod everything's do go on pod but if you look at do go on pod.com you'll see links to it nearly everything on there hell yeah <laughs> and share the show around write us a review do all that kind of nice stuff it's the best if you can share around it it's just it's so good if you can do any of that if you know someone who might enjoy it normally a specific episode is a good way to get someone in you go oh I know someone who loves Dolly Parton maybe they'll like to hear some idiots talk about it for a while hey hey and also and I've Jess. got to say people will say like oh why haven't you come to my city or whatever we do look at the download stats it does give us a vague idea where people are and if we see where people are that's probably where we're going to go so if you're in a smaller place and you're like we want to get them there tell all your friends so that way when we come to your town people will actually turn up Yes. Yeah, that would be nice. And then you can, you've got someone to talk about at the show with that kind of stuff. That's nice. Yeah, that's nice. That's, that's nice. nice. All right, but I think that's us. That's us. Yeah. That's thanks. Us in a nutshell. Thanks for bloody listening. <laughs> we're kooky. <laughs> we're kooky and we're spooky. No, no creepy. More. I know. I changed it. Oh, sorry. It's a remix. You've changed every song we've talked about. To- How about Let's- you lift up a little bit? You're always putting down. <sighs> uh, Just cutting me down. I mean. That's I don't, not change, like I don't change every song. I only change Jolene. <laughs> Jolene. Damn it. Let's go. It's going to be in my head forever, so. It's a great tune. That's okay. I reckon it's all, it'd, be, it'd be in the mix for my all-time top 100, I reckon. Really? Yeah. Love that tune. Anyhow, someone pull his Band-Aid off. Until next week, I'll say goodbye. Ladies. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.